Listen, there are spoilers ahead for the manga that we read, which includes One Piece, Boku no Hero Academia, Chainsaw Man, Jujutsu Kaisen, and Dr. Stone. Oh, and uh, solo leveling. Right, and solo leveling. But we may talk about others. Who knows what we're going to get into. The point is, there are spoilers ahead. Enter at your own risk. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Weekly Spate. Uh, I'm Dylan, that's Jake, and uh, we're here to talk about manga. How are you today, Jake? I'm good, I'm good. Another uh, lazy Sunday, football Sunday, manga yeah. Sunday. Yeah. It's a good combo. These days for me, Sunday is for manga and not football. Football just disappoints me. So, let's move on to manga. Uh, what do you want to start with this week? Let's do One Piece. It's okay, oh, on One Piece is back. Yeah. Let's be happy that it, that seems like we're we're moving again, and Oda is just has his normal fatigue-related illness and nothing more sinister. That's fine. Anyway, One Piece nine ninety two. Yep, nine ninety two. And this is where it's getting spicy. The battle, Sento Kaishi. The battle begins. <laughs> um. So we're honestly before we get into the battle stuff, which is super sick. We get a pretty spicy drop at the beginning of this chapter. This meeting between Big Mom Prospero. Is this Marco. happening concurrently? Like, Big Mom gets tossed out, and yeah. now she's talking to Marco. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The, this conversation's going on at the same time outside after she got, you know, tossed. Yeah. Apparently a pretty significant distance, because she was in in the middle of the, the mix yeah, yeah. a second ago, and then Robin really rolled her well outside of the... It's the a smart play. You gotta get her out of there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it seems... We, we had this discussion before. It seems like a little bit of a bumbly Keystone Cop type of thing for a Yonko to go, I'm getting <laughs> rolled. You know, you probably just, you know, put, put your foot down and say, I'm, I'm not getting rolled anymore if, yeah. I, if I'm that strong. But regardless, we, we learned from her, it was my idea to start this Kaido alliance. And she's having this little back and forth with Prospero when all of a sudden Marco's in the mix. Yeah. And he's he's saying we have the same goal to defeat the demons, who who to are defeat the, the ogre Kaido. Oh, I, the translation I read was a little bit. Do you different. read the Viz one? No. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's very clear in the Viz translation. He's saying we got together to take down Kaido. So so then she lied when she wanted an alliance with Kaido. Maybe it's, it's certainly what it seems like. Yeah. But also Marco at this point is saying. Okay, now I'm I'm out. You guys are saying that you're with Kaido now. Yeah. So yeah. you're doing your own thing. So he, now he's out of this alliance. Was it ever really an alliance with with them? But certainly pretty pretty crazy. Yeah, I, I it seemed like kind of a weird thing to just drop that because Marco's been a non entity for a while. He's like, oh, by the way, I had an alliance. The much more interesting thing that he dropped is that the Whitebeard pirates are doing their own thing. They're not bound to the will of of Whitebeard. Uh, I don't know if that's very much of a revelation. I, I read that as we're basically functioning as the the white Whitebeard pirates, and Big Mom's laughing at that, and Marco is like, no, we're not, like, adhering to the will of our dead captain. It's just a collection of people who are free to do as they please that are still teamed yeah, up yeah. together. All right. That was a pretty cool... Uh, Little little panel where he's explaining that, and then Big Mom cracks a big grin, and she's like, "Yep, yeah, 
Dead get, dead men give no orders. Yeah, yeah. Dead men give no orders. No, exactly. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I mean, that's cool, but really what you want. The music starts literally playing the, the Koto as, the, as they all run into battle. Yeah, there's a, one cool thing that I pretty much the only other plot note before it got to Scabbard's v. Kaido was uh, Carrot running off and... Basically, she has some unfinished business with the, with the uh, big mom pirates from Pedro. But he he suicide bombed himself. Nobody killed him. He was standing off with Prospero at that point, so maybe yeah. she's like you know. Do you think Carrot is Prospero is the number one in the big mom pirates? He's he's even he's, ahead of Katakuri. He's the number one lieutenant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which it's hard to tell. He also might be that occupying that spot. As more of, he seems like sort of a strategy yeah. type of guy. Yeah, yeah. Certainly has a super strong fruit um, and probably can go toe to toe with most people in the new world. But I don't, it seemed to me like there was a strong chance. I have no idea really how strong Prospero would be when pushed, but it seemed to me like there was a pretty strong chance that Katakuri is like, you know, your, your bruiser. And, yeah. Uh, Prospero might be like ab- above him in rank because he's he's sort of the I don't know the the veep yeah. you know of the big mom part yeah yeah all right I can live with that but it, uh, your question which I sort of jumped on a little bit was could Carrot do anything to Prospero yeah I don't know there are some people that are saying she's gonna join the Straw Hats so maybe I mean if she if she bops Prospero it's pretty pretty also, good she she hasn't activated Sulong tonight. Yeah, that's so, right. You know, in Sulong, in Sulong form, and let's let's get into it, I guess, because yeah. now you know we're we're at the battle in Sulong form. We see Neko and Inu dealing damage along with the rest of the scabbards to Kaido. So just to close out that previous conversation, it's possible that that carried in Sulong form could do some damage to Prospero. All right, now <laughs> on to the main event. Yeah, the battle the battle is on, and the 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 scabbards are doing work like. I can't tell if if Kaido is not giving maximum effort, but it seems like he's he's trying. Yeah, and and it shows a couple of like internal monologue points of him being like, "Why are they able to hurt me?" Like, yeah. Like the is it because of some kind of special hockey that they have, or just because they're they're being zesty? And, uh, yeah, inherited will. Yeah, they they really have have a reason to lay it all on the line, and like we were talking about last last time, uh, like these are ostensibly people who would have been a potentially Yonko level, like, you know, he was a, a, a right-hand man to Gold Roger, basically, yeah. which makes yeah. him basically as strong, Odin was, which makes him basically strong as a, as a Yonko, and these would have been Yonko retainers, you know, his Yonko's lieutenant, so stands to reason, maybe, that all of them gathered there would be able to put Dammies on Kaido. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly looking that way. It, it, they're definitely doing work. They're, Neko and Inu had some pretty sweet moves. I didn't realize he had, a, like, a sword leg. Maybe I just missed that. But the, the sword kick that he does, yeah, that pretty was sweet. cool. Um, a, a lot of them are busting out uh, some pretty sweet uh, special moves. The Kappa guy. Yeah. Um, Rizo, I wanted to talk about this. Dude, his fruit is potentially god tier. Right, that's a, like, the exact note that I had down. It's another one of these new world, like, very vaguely defined paramecias that can be, like, literally reality warping. Okay, so he, 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 my scrolls can wrap anything. That was his, sta- his statement. They can absorb anything. 
Anything? Wait, okay. <laughs> We've already seen with, with people like Kuma, it's uh, established in this universe. My paw can deflect anything. Yeah. Even, you know, abstract concepts like pain. That actually makes him like like God tier. Because cause yeah. can, he, can he absorb people? Can he just yeah, be like. Can he do the same thing that Kuma did and just go over to you, wrap his scrolls around you, and take away all the pain that you experienced? And, I don't know. You and put that scroll, put that scroll on somebody else, and then re- release and not because he, he reverses that attack on right back on the Kaido. Yeah, I think the answer is yes. He could do that if he had half a brain. Yeah, but no, exactly strike you yeah. as, as you know top line, but insane power. Very cool, insane power. Has he used that power before? Because I that was kind of a uh, new one to me. But it, no, I I don't think he had. I don't know. I don't know. But regardless, yeah, very, very potentially deadly fruit in the hands of an idiot. Isn't that the way? I even feel like Kinemon's fruit I could use pretty zestily. The but, Yeah, the disguise one? Yeah, well, why does it have to be disguises? Couldn't I give myself super sick armor or, like, wings or something? Yeah, I, he does give people armor yeah. in, in this arc. You know, it's, it's not just, like, cloth, it's armor. So, you know, I don't see any reason why I'm, like... You you could do the thing that uh, Kizaru does, like you know, he's running fast as shit and develops all that momentum, and then bonk, like full you know set of like super heavy metal armor, right? And as I'm flying through the air, and now I have like massive momentum. Behind or the inverse, could I just like plop mega heavy armor on you? To slow you down, I would just like spawn. Yeah, he 10 does. Kilogram. He does need to do the the leaf on head thing. Okay, but he's a samurai. All you gotta do is super jump, place the leaf on the head, activate. Now yeah. you're you're yeah. stuck. It's, a, it's not that tough of a condition to clear. Yeah. Um, and a couple people have suggested that he may have, because they they've dangled a little bit this concept that the people in Wano don't really know what Devil Fruits actually are. You're talking about the Ninetail Fox thing? Yeah. I love that theory. Only problem is Katarina Devon is confirmed to have the Ninetail Fox fruit. Okay, but it could... The point stands that there might be... And it's not just baseless conjecture. Could... could There's a strong chance that there could be something connecting these two powers that he's confirmed to have at this point, which is ability to cut fire, which nobody else has. And uh, the the close beam, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I would love that. I would love if, if we if that was the case. For people that don't know, we had a theory for a long time that Kinemon had the nine tail fox fruit, and he was just an idiot and he didn't know what it was because nine tail fox has disguise powers and and you know other vague fire related powers. And Kinemon's name is like the fire the fox something like this. So I I always thought that was pretty pretty solid, but it's in Blackbeard's crew. And uh, maybe, I mean, yeah. maybe. And it, it could be something along those lines, or it might yeah. be something. Or that might be a nothing burger. Uh, but, you know, yeah. interesting to think about. And he pops off. This, yeah. Uh, they all pop off. They, the, the coolest pop off was the group pop off. Yeah, when, the, the when, Odin style, two sword. That's very, very cool. Good. He thought nobody was paying attention. Yeah. But they, they all love their master so much that they, they all paid attention and all do the group. Oden Nitoru Ryu style yeah. and land a big honker on Kaido. You got to think in the next chapter though Kaido's coming back with a with a vengeance. He was getting worked in this chapter but it, it's not going to stay that way. Yeah. I mean like we like we've discussed before the the most likely outcome of the Scabbard's fight is like 
they deal damage to Kaido and stall long enough for Luffy to get there. But overall, it's like a drop in the bucket, and it's ju- maybe just enough for us to conceivably think that Luffy has a chance of beating Kaido one-on-one. Yeah. But that doesn't even scratch the surface of something I wanted to ask you about. Something that has sort of gone by the wayside a little bit for me, thinking about this arc that I want to bring back up, is Kaido's alleged immortality. Yeah. What is going on there, and how does that factor into how we think about this fight? I don't... Okay, I don't think he's actually immortal in any real sense. I think just we could say his HP is so high that he's never even come into like the yellow or the red, you know? So it's like, I guess I'm immortal. Nobody can damage me in any meaningful way. Yeah, I wonder I wonder if he's tried to kill himself any other way. Besides <laughs> jumping off a cloud? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh cuz you know, maybe something else like Slowly with alcoholism. <laughs> I don't know, man. He, he seems like he could probably take a lot of alcohol. Um, but, well, and he, has, he just has willpower. <laughs> he can defeat it. <laughs> the, the negative effects of alcohol through, through trying very hard. I don't think he is actually immortal. I think that'll be a point in this arc. Like, oh, they, they've damaged immortal Kaido. Like, but it's just because he's very strong and not. Uh, or uh, dragons are immortal, right? So there's yeah. something there. Yeah. No, uh, it, 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 there's like, and possibly a combination of those two things. He obviously has like a ridiculous body, even outside of his dragon form. Yeah. You know, so is it just like some crazy mixture of like, he's already one of the strongest people in the world, and then you give him a, a fruit that basically makes, you know, yeah. takes him all the way to immortality? Uh, I don't know, but... The only kind of actual immortality that's ever been mentioned in the show is is with Doflamingo and the Law's Fruit doing mm-hmm. the, the okay, life okay, transfer jutsu. Yeah. I, outside of that, actual immortality, I I don't think that that is really... Or if it is a thing, it's like Im knows what it is in, in the or something. Yeah. Also, the people in this world who probably know the most about this type of stuff... I mean, if it was possible to, if it weren't possible to take Kaido down, Big Mom and Marco would probably know that and not have attempted it. So, and and also it's just like, what is going to happen in the plot if you just, you know, have this fight and it's like, just kidding, Kaido can't die. Well, there are ways for Kaido to be defeated without dying. That's true, as as happens most of the time. And normally I would say that's how it would go, because that's the trajectory of One Piece. Nobody dies, but... We're at a point now where I don't see how you could leave a Yonko on the board in, in in any way. Like, I don't know. You beat Kaido and then you sail off of Wano. Like, he's just going to reconquer Wano if you leave. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's a tough one. They're... I'm excited to see how, the, how this, yeah. this arc is going to play out. It's going to be really rough uh, if we lose some scabbards, which I think is on the table. Which ones but, you think are most likely to get the chop? Um, probably uh, Denjiro, right? Denjiro like, feels like the one who who would get the satisfying samurai death. The, yeah, the most devoted. Yeah, you know, he went through the most pain. Um, I Kenimon can't die because he's sort of Momo's protector. Yeah, and and the fat one is like hasn't got enough character development really. Mm-hmm. Neither has the the kind of lady looking one. 
so yeah, I think probably Denjiro. And maybe Dog and Cat, too. Yeah, yeah. Because they're old. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll see. I don't know. I mean... It feels like the stakes are pretty high here. Then again, it's very rare that somebody gets killed in in present day in One Piece. It's true. It pretty much only happened the one time. But I do feel like things are changing. Like we're as we get closer to the end, I, I don't see how mm. that could continue to be the case. Yeah. You've said this a couple times, and I I wanted to to hark back to it too. It's like thinking about what could possibly happen after this arc and like Kaido's defeat. It you know, it seems increasingly likely that it's not going to be just this sort of clean arc ending, like, we beat the big bad. It's going to be some half-resolved thing, and it's yeah. going to kick off sort of this... It, it could take a long, long time, but this wider, m- more messy endgame. Pretty much, maybe not Fishman Island, but, like, everything from Punk Hazard to now feels like one continuous mega arc you know like punk hazard it was all leading to Dressrosa to defeat doflamingo which was leading to defeating kaido which is now leading to whatever is next i don't know what it's gonna be i i, I don't know you gotta think well, i mean the, there was the big mom stop in there but yeah 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 that's true well then i don't know maybe my theory doesn't hold as much weight but uh, uh, I, it's less of a theory and more of a just like a, a you know like a hunch yeah. or, or a, a feeling about the way the the story is forming. I really feel like, if not directly the next island, like maybe we get a Jaya before Skypea, but the next big one has to be Elbaf, and Got so that's that's Big Mom, right? That's her time to shine. She's a giant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you have to. Th- Fuck Big Mom, that's Usopp's time Dude, to shine. Dude, it is Usopp's time to shine. That's really why I want to go to Elbaf. I want Usopp to get his army of giants. Oh, man. He's already there. He has the one from Dressrosa that holds him up. Spread the word of God Usopp to, to the rest. Yeah. Man. Dude, uh, there, there's a lot of stuff going on in, in Wano. One thing I was thinking about while I was reading this, we, we've gone somewhere, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten chapters now. Do you think Orochi is actually dead? I, I when he first got capped, I was like, no way. But we've moved so far past him and his little schemes. Like, even though he has a pretty sweet fruit, he does not strike me as a very formidable fighter. Maybe in true snake fashion, he pops up again at the very end on some scheming shit. That's the only way I could see it. But. Mm-hmm. It he would was, be cool if, uh, you know, Kinemon or Momo even were the one yeah, to... Yeah, do the killing blow. Yeah. He's such a heel. Like, he's such a such a shit. shit. It felt a little bit, you know, anticlimactic to have Kaido just cap him. But maybe that's it. That's how it goes when you're, you know, a true two-faced scumbag. You just get wigged and that's the end of it. One of the, I thought one of the coolest parts of Wano uh, was the conclusion of the Odin backstory, when you see Orochi get in the bath, he's like, crank up the heat, crank up the heat, and he, like, he's shivering. Yeah. And he's cold after they kill Odin that way. It was a small detail, and, it, like, it didn't affect anything. I just thought that was a cool, like, you know, very sort of Japanese ghost story way of, uh, you know, getting us this the character development on both Odin and Orochi. Yeah. Now... 
he's not a Hydra, right? Because if he was a Hydra, I'd say he's definitely still alive. It, his fruit is Yamada no Orochi, so something snake. Like, I, I don't really know much about that creature. Do you? Do you? No, not at all. Yeah, if, if a facet of it is like you cut off the head and it doesn't die, then I would say he's definitely still alive. I don't know. To be honest... That's like mid-tier concern for me right now. The only reason I'd like to see him come back is to get killed again in a more ceremony, ceremonious yeah. fashion. Well, and to me, it came to mind just because of the... I love the way that the, the scale of this arc is has been done. You know, and it, stuff feels really weighty, but the only times I've been pulled out of the, the story in the last couple chapters especially are this... I haven't been fully sold on the power of the Yonkos. Yeah. You know, we we did get Kaido earlier in the in in the arc just completely washing Luffy drunk like one-shotted. Yeah. Game over, but after literally a, a thousand chapters of establishing the power scale of this world, I I wanted to be a little bit closer to like Quaking in my boots, mortal fear at like, wow, these guys are ridiculously strong. Sh- sure, some of it is a fa- is a you know attributable to how much stronger the protagonists have gotten, so it's less out of reach. <clears throat> but they seem a little shitty. That stuff we were talking to go uh, about a little while ago with Big Mom, and then we get these like internal moments of Kaido, like, why are there attacks hitting me? It's like, no, your internal monologue should be like. Game time. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm going to wreck these fools. Well, maybe Big Mom is old and insane, and Kaido has been the strongest for so long. Maybe it's just, you know, you get dull after a while. He's had no challengers for a long time. Yeah. Even if it's explainable, though, it, it, like, yeah. It, if I had one critique of, like, where we are at in the story right now, it'd probably be that. You don't, I mean, Big Mom in this arc has been made to be a little bit of a clown, but I found her to be very menacing, especially with, like, her fruit. Like, controlling souls is pretty zesty, like, pretty, pretty spicy, and when you have your army of, you know, animated objects, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely sweet for making an island nation completely your own and, like, political power. I want to see the mano a mano raw strength of a Yonko. We we got a little bit on the Straw Hats escape from Whole Cake Island when Big Mom's like rushing after them and go, you know, big big sword attack. Um, Does it do and anything? And then the other, the only other time we've seen a, a Yonko really go at it hand to hand, besides Whitebeard. Well, that's what um, I was gonna say. We've seen Whitebeard do a lot in Marineford. Pretty- and that's the feeling that I wanted when we saw Whitebeard doing that shit. We were like, Yeah, holy shit! And, and he's this old. So, but does the fact that he seems to have some kind of armistice with Big Mom and Kaido seems to indicate that there's some parody there, right? If he was really that much stronger, you'd think it, there would be just Whitebeard. There'd be no Big Mom. That's that's pretty anecdotal. I still agree with you. We haven't really seen the power. But, on the other hand, Kaido has not really been present for most of this arc. He's been a force in the background. This is the first time where he's on the battlefield really in earnest. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, I'm I'm not 
I'm, I'm just not impressed thus far. Yeah. Yeah. Not it's as fair. impressed as maybe I I had expected. Well, I, I don't disagree. I would just say this is the first chapter of, of the battle. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's it's fairly predictable that Kaido has several more gears, yeah. and he's going to go into another one and say, enough of this bullshit, and, and pretty much sweep the scabbards away. I want to see the hybrid form. You know, yeah, that's yeah, the money. Yeah, because we've seen the the normal human and the full zone. You want the yeah, that's the that's the the power. I hope they move. bust it out. Uh, last thing on this, unless you have something else, I'm not really. A, I haven't been an anime watcher for a long time, but I'm a hype. Like the color scans I saw of these panels made me like this scene when it's animated is gonna be rad. If they hit the music really cool, yeah, 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 really good. You you just know. Yeah. It, it's it's so cool. I can um, already like see it in my head. I'm like, yes, this is what I want it to be. It, it, the just like the special attack after special attack after special attack from the scabbards. You're just really reading it and like a grin has to creep across yeah. your face. You're like, Yes. The one the one other note I had is just it's looming on the horizon. Chapter one thousand. I plotted it out a little bit. Um if this is nine ninety two on October 18th, mm-hmm. uh, 1,000 should hit on December 13th. Assuming no more breaks, which let's hope. Right. There's no scheduled breaks in between then. You know, there is certainly a possibility, yeah. perhaps a pro- probability that at least once or twice there's a One Piece specific break. Yeah. But barring that, it would be December 13th. Allowing that, it could be right around the end of the year, which is when the scheduled breaks start coming. Yeah. So, depending on how this shakes out, it could be getting as early as December 13th, or it may come, you know, if there's a couple breaks before then, closer to, like, January. That's going to be so hard for me. If, if that's the case, I'm going to be... If we're at 9.99... I mean, Oda, <laughs> Oda could, could do it specifically, like, uh, Golden Week, right, is at, is at the top of January. Yeah. So... What if he does it specifically that like nine ninety nine drops before Golden Week, and then we have two week, two week break? That would be 1, so 000. savage. That's all right. He needs to, he needs to rest. Like it would be fun. a cool way to ring in a new year that's hopefully significantly better than the previous year year Dude, we've had. <laughs> here's hoping, man. Twenty twenty is really not my fave time. Yeah, um, it's it's the best is yet to come. Oh. Yeah. We we still got an election to cover and the, and you know the the shakeout from it, dude. Something you said to me like sometimes I try to this is just not related to manga but sometimes I try to like project myself into the future and then I have this thought of like it could all just be gone it could, it could just be radically different. Yeah, Oy. yeah. Well, however it shakes out, we've got One Piece One Thousand to look forward to probably. Probably. Um, Definitely, definitely. Let's let's continue. Well, what's next? Uh, well, let's do Chainsaw Man next. Yeah. I I, I feel like we always do this when we front load the good ones, but like that's what I want to talk that's about. That's what I want to yeah. talk about. Chainsaw Man eighty nine. Yes. is what we have this week. Now this chapter was back to like kind of like lore a little bit more, which was good, but a couple really good panels in there as well. Oh really my spooky. God, man. This is so cool. So, first of all, hilarious that after this massive battle, <laughs> she's still right dancing. Back next to I got a perfect. 
Now, the main, it's not really in order, but the main thing that I want to talk to you is we got confirmed in this chapter something that I said previously, which is that fear makes devils stronger, but love makes them weaker. Yeah, it was it was it was our like sort of spin-off weird hypothetical last week that we were sort of laughing about and then all of a sudden it becomes a dynamic, yeah. an actual dynamic in this chapter. It was really cool. We see that the way I read it, right, is that Makama has manipulated global media to make Chainsaw Man a hero slash events, you know, she just manipulated events and knew that it would play out in in global media the way it has. Chainsaw Man's a hero. Everybody loves Chainsaw Man. Nobody fears Chainsaw Man. Exactly, which makes him weaker. But then, okay, we got that. So that's very much a a tick in the camp of Makima is trying to kill Chainsaw Man. But then, the first thing she says when she pops up is like, why, you haven't eaten me. You've had 26 chances. 26 times you've killed me. What's the deal, bro? Is there something unappetizing about my body? Which that implies... She is trying to get eaten yeah. by Chainsaw Man, so I don't. I still can't quite pin down what. I, I, I consider Makamasan's body to be pretty appetizing. Yeah, I would get after it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I like. There had to have been some reason prior to this that he didn't eat her because it's not. Unless they off-screened a ton of this, which I don't think they did, it's not twenty-six times in the current plot as we've seen it. Most of like twenty-four of those times were. Prior to the events yeah. of the manga in hell, so there's a reason before that that she wasn't eaten. I'm still trying to figure out if if the Chainsaw Man is like a in this iteration is like a thinking, rational actor or just mindless killer because maybe he says the world needs control. The world well, does not need Nazis or AIDS, so I can eat those. But control is necessary for some kind of function of life, so you can't go. I don't know, man. There's, there's too many swirling questions. <laughs> it's, it's way too hard. I, th- I thought one of the, one of the coolest parts of this chapter was Makima's just super cool look from the from that balcony she's sitting on, uh, that that railing she's sitting on with this. It's settled. Yep. It's like, and then all the dudes sweet. chained to her. <laughs> yeah. Very very cool. Massive. Um, now, she, okay, she summons Angel, right? That is Angel. Yeah. What attack is she using? Because she says a th- uh, dude, usage yeah, a thousand so years. Yeah, I wanted to point to this. She w- part of Angel's powers is that he can make uh, weapons with like sort of magical. Such oh, devil, that's devil. right. Aki's sword. You know that sword that uh-huh. he had before. Um, that was ten years. Whoa. Makama goes a thousand. One thousand years. Fucking cosmic. Yeah, it's Spirit. it looks like the future devil is there too, and she opens that big black hole. I I don't even know. I don't even. Yeah. Know. I don't even know. <laughs> uh, it's Makima, just, very bad, very rude. <laughs> she was very rude to Chainsaw Man <laughs> and very rude to Aki. We love Aki. <laughs> um, but she she threw down, and I I don't I have this feeling a lot with Chainsaw Man. I'm not in full understanding of what's <laughs> going on. This is sick. This is absolutely sick. Yeah. Um, rewinding a little bit, when she does that, uh, you know, that move with this, it's settled, and she she launches into a little speech that okay, the the monologuing in Chainsaw Man is so popping. Yeah. The, the dialogue is really cool, and I just love this one's very short, but I love humans the same way that humans love dogs. Yeah. They're loyal. They're stupid. They're blah blah, blah and most of all. 
They love me. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's uh, it's just really well written. She also mentions that Kobeni is important. Do you think that was a, a true statement or just I'm fucking with I, you? I thought there were two ways of reading it. One is that there is actually something important about Kobeni or some devil that she's contracted to or something like that. Or B, she's an example of the dynamic that she's engendering which is like people right because she says you're not afraid of chainsaw man mm -hmm. so maybe that maybe that's that's, why. that's what I, yeah. I i was reading it's not like she's all important but mm. like this is just one episode in many that has yeah made somebody respect and love chainsaw man that's... although i guess she did save her <laughs> I guess Chainsaw Man did save her from her shitty job at Family Burger, but he also, <laughs> like, fucking killed a bunch of people in front of her. Yeah, I don't know if I'd call that saving her. She did not seem particularly jazzed to be on that, quote, date with Chainsaw Man. Uh, yeah, but but the point stands. She did not uh, dispute it when, when Makama said, you're not scared of him. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I, I really liked, like, when we were talking about it, I was thinking, like, this is really cool, like... The idea that if you if you love something, it makes it weaker. It it opens up so many possibilities and reasserts my thesis that the most powerful thing you can be is like Zuck, like a social media type bull. If you just control the way people think, you can move the chess pieces however you want. It's like I need people to be afraid of spiders today. So a million news stories about how there are spiders in your house and they can kill you. Now the spider demon is zesty. He's really powerful. Yeah. But I already consider myself better than the spider demon. Yeah. So spider demon's under my control. We, I was getting into it with Dylan a lot uh, the other night. Was that last night? Uh, that um, thinking about Zuck's motivations in in the manga of IRL. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a tough one to pin down. Uh, he, he just has such like a blankness to him. It's 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 tough. You know, you see somebody like Jeff Bezos, and you're like, this guy is just pure greed. You'd see it in his weird bug eyes. <laughs> he just wants a good gajillion dollars. But, like, Zuck, there's this weird, uh... Please don't kill me. <laughs> <laughs> he seems like more of an ideologue. Like, he, he actually is... I know what the masses need, and I will move the pieces to get us there. Like, okay, no thank you. I was, I was like, struggling to formulate this thought last night, but, uh... It seems to me also that there's a there's a possibility he has like like just a, an advanced case of like Silicon Valley influencer brain and just like is committed to this weird like post political neutrality but is still self serving and probably with like a weird bit of you know micro dosey new wave spirituality along with it. Uh, I just think we're like Steve Jobs, you know? He, he, Dude, but that, that era has come and gone. Silicon Valley is not that super lefty place. Like, they're all getting involved with, like, right-wing-type think tanks and shit, and the, the right has shown much more adept at weaponizing social media for their ends. You would think if, if, if these Silicon Valley tech types were interested in helping not that, that's what would happen. Uh, I... It's a tough one because I also think a lot of them are interested in not exactly material beneficial, materially beneficial or helpful at all leftism, yeah. but like, you know, like influencer brain leftism, you know, there's 
speaking to. All right, all right, all right. We're, we're getting. <laughs> this is a different podcast. <laughs> uh, how did we even get? Oh, manipulating the the opinions of the yeah. world. That's what, that's the most interesting part of this chapter for sure. Something that we should discuss a little bit more is that, and, and it also implies that the only way Chainsaw Man can win is to make people afraid of him again. You gotta kill some civilians. You gotta, yeah. gotta chop a couple people up. Highly publicized yeah. uh, murder spree should should turn things back in your favor quite quickly. That's and, crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because with also switching up the question a little bit. Uh, I was under the impression that it was more to do with the fear of the thing that it represents and not but the I think fear it's, of the it's devil one itself, the same, like, but they're combined when it comes to the devil. If you fear that the devil of that thing, it counts. Right, as- it's the personification of that thing. People are afraid of the gun devil. That's yeah. guns, you know? Well, I always, I always understood that as people were afraid of guns. Yeah, but I think but you can I, this also... This world sp- has devils, so yeah. It's, yeah. Like, you can... They say in this chapter, like, oh, we never have to be scared of the gun devil again because Chainsaw Man mm-hmm. killed him. Yeah, so they were absolutely specifically scared of the gun devil. Right. But was being scared of the gun devil fueling the gun devil's power or was being scared of guns fueling the gun devil's power? That was a question until this chapter, and now it's, pr- it's quite clear that being afraid of the gun devil itself yeah, also yeah. fuels the, the, the gun devil's power. Yeah, I... I that makes sense to me. I think I think that's probably how it is. Now, another thing that's kind of interesting, Makima has made several references to Chainsaw Man as a, a hero, the hero of hell. And in this chapter, he jumps in front of that bolt to save Kobeni. I'm curious how he could be this powerful, meaning a lot of people are afraid of him, but he's a hero? How, yeah, how, people, I are mean... Are you afraid of heroes? I can't think of any that I'm, like, afraid of. He did have this anti-hero status in hell where he saved people and then immediately ate them. Yeah. So he's got this sort of, you know, destroyer god thing going on where he, you know. That's actually a good way to put it, like kind of a destroyer. But but then why save Kobeni? Maybe, maybe that's Denji coming through. Right. We don't know if this Chainsaw Man V2.0 has the same consciousness, has the same... You know, even if he's unconscious, what are the mission imperatives? Yeah. Um, we don't know anything. We're, we're just along for the ride. Yeah. As we have been, like, for, you know, 15 chapters now. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm here for it, though. I'm pretty I'm pretty stoked. And I think I'm, I'm going to start Fire Punch soon. It's There's so many on the list. I have to read, like, six things. But I really want to peep Fire Punch because... I love Chainsaw Man so much. Yeah, there's no and people people the people that are into Chainsaw Man speak very highly of Fire Punch. Yeah, and it's just, Ch- Chainsaw Man is so good. How could his other stuff not be good? Yeah, I agree totally. Did he do like a weird wheel- wheelchair sports manga? Okay, so so th- this is a reference to I I would literally just the same thing just went through my mind because I haven't given that one a chance. <laughs> uh, Takihiko Inoue, who rose to fame with Slam Dunk and then wrote what I consider pretty much the best manga I've ever read in Vagabond. Um, he got tired of Vagabond and basically broke it off. There's no chance that I'll ever write any more of it again. He was so close to the end, too. Just didn't want to do it anymore. I read an interview with him where he's 
making all these analogies to like Michael Jordan and greatness and aspiration. It's really interesting too because all of those themes are things that he's writing through in Vagabond as he's obviously struggling with them himself. Anyways, he drops Vagabond and then a couple of years comes back with later comes back with Real, which is another basketball manga like Slam Dunk, but unlike Slam Dunk in the sense that it's about wheelchair basketball. And I am not a impartial commentator on his decision to start writing a wheelchair manual because I fucking love Vagabond. Yeah. And he's so close. Just <laughs> fucking finish it. It's so fucking good. Um, and I, I, I've read Slam Dunk. I like Slam Dunk. I know he knows about basketball. He's a big basketball fan. Um, also, side note, there's some super cool, some of the coolest drawings I've ever seen are some alternate uh, character arts he's done of Kojiro and Musashi from Vagabond in, like, basketball shoes and street clothes. Oh, that's clothes. cool. It, it, it just, he's, he's such an incredible uh, artist. But Dylan brings this up to say, we're both sitting here saying, man, Chainsaw Man is so good, we gotta read Fire Punch. And then, yet neither of us is like, oh, Vagabond is so good, <laughs> and Slam Dunk is so good, gotta read real. Because we're like, oh, fuck this. Man, yeah. I don't want to hear about wheelchair ba- I don't care. I really don't care at all. And, and Okay, so that's probably the, the biggest reason why we, we would feel that way about one and not the other is, the, even the limited things I know about Fire Punch, it still sounds like... Okay, that's a weird abstract thing that you there's a lot of freedom there and I could get into that. That yeah. could go a lot of different ways. Whereas like wheelchair basketball manga, I I feel like I have a grasp, you know, there's gonna be people struggling with their disability. Wow, I I was about to say some incredibly insensitive <laughs> shit. But <laughs> even Suffice outside say, of that, it, like it maybe has a little bit more predictable uh yeah. Drama and also hot take between slam dunk and Kuroko no basket. I don't need any more basketball type shit. My it's fulfilled for me. That's more. Those are both good. I don't need the wheelchair thing. <sighs> I just finished vagabond. That's it. That's all I have to say about that. Anyway, should we move on? You got anything else? Yeah, yeah. I don't have anything else on uh, ye oldie chainsaw man. Now we could we could do Boku. Uh, and then just wrap up with, with Dr. Stone and solo leveling, which will be quick. Uh, or we could do Boku at the end. Let's do Boku now. Okay. Yeah, I, listen. Yeah. I Unrelated, I think we need to add some new things to the spate. Not take out solo leveling and Dr. Stone. up with, with Jujutsu. Ju- yeah. Jujutsu Kaisen. Yeah, I saw a guy... Watching the manga when I was on the bus today. Watching the, watching the anime. Yeah, I think they, there's like three episodes yeah. out now. The animation looked really peep, good. Even though I'm a really good, big fan of the manga. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I will do it. Uh, but you, even outside of that, I think we should maybe, maybe we could even do Fire Punch because I just feel like I'm so bored right well, now. Well, Fire so, Punch is done. Yeah. But I mean, we could read it in installments. Yeah. Uh, for, for the purpose of the show, or we could do a deep dive on it once we, once yeah. we finish it. But, um, I'm with you. I, I feel like even just one extra one would would throw a little bit in the mix of what we currently have going right now, which yeah. is like three popping ones and then our two little fucking it's, it's mostly redheaded on, stepchildren. Yeah, it's on me because I need to read Jujutsu Kaisen. But there, there's also other weekly serials that are popping right now that I like. Uh, Fire Force is yeah is pretty popping. That's still that's in weekly serials right now. Fire but. Force, I'm I'm pretty interested in. Our our other roommate watches the. 
anime, and I've seen a couple episodes, and it seems pretty good. Seems so pretty o- cool. over time, we'll get there. Yeah. But uh, no, no, no. I, I agree. But in the meantime, while we have our, our little spate of five right now, let's you yeah. know, all right, give give our give our blessed children the uh, the milk and the scraps go to the stepchildren. All right. I'm not sure who's who in that metaphor, but you, you know exactly who's who. <laughs> One Piece, Boku, Chainsaw Man are my blessed, my <laughs> my my beloved children. Soul leveling and Doctor Stone. I like having them around. <laughs> right, Boku two eighty eight is what we're on now. Right, right, right. Oh, and now hard left turn from what I was expecting. This is an Ochako and Toga uh, episode. Chapter. I love Toga. Putting aside my waifu-related feelings about her, her character design is cool, her powers are cool, and she's been really impressing me with this kind of more existential type thing that she's on right now, which is cool. And it was creepy as fuck, dude, where she's the old woman and then she ducks into that building mm. and Ochako goes in there and it's just empty yeah. house. I was like, I, I like Uraraka being like, Oh, you're pretty fast for yeah. the old lady in distress right now. And she's like, yeah, it's my husband. Uh, it's because he loves me. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so, I mean, let, let's get into it, yeah. really. Um, the the Setting the scene, it, it's already been set. It's, you know, Gigantomachia is, is running through these towns, and we get some cool, prior to Toga showing up, some cool... Um, sort of like search and rescue type action from yeah. the heroes that are on the scene there, mainly Uraraka and Froppy. Trying their best to get people out because Jigenomachia is, what they say, moving at 100 kilometers per hour? <laughs> Disaster massive as shit. One thing that they haven't really covered in the Boku world yet, that was a note that I had down there, are there like kaiju... We see at the very, very beginning of the show, um, the the person that Mountain Lady takes down in the first chapter was, like, a gigantism quirk guy. Yeah. And, of course, Mountain Lady's, you know, a good counter to that. But that guy was two-bit. He was, he was like, a purse dealer or whatever and then used his quirk when he was getting accosted. Um, have there, has there ever been, like, a real kaiju-level monster? Like, because they seem... Obviously, it's, it's because it's in you know, simultaneous with this whole villain league busting operation. So they have no heroes to, to respond to, to respond with. I don't think that there's been any kaiju that we've seen in the show, but it's Japan, man. There's, they have kaiju. Yeah. Well, and quirks, right? Yeah. You know, someone has been giant. Do animals have quirks? The mouse is the principal was a, a oh, right, 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 right. But we don't know how he got it. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't, yeah, right, good point. I don't, I don't, he's the only example that I can think of of an animal with a quirk. Uh, so maybe it's artificial? Don't know. Anyways, it's something that we could discuss a little bit more in the hero society sort of thing, but it seems like they are very well equipped to stop an all-for-one type of, like, I'm a very powerful guy yeah. who can defeat anybody one-on-one. seems like they are less equipped to stop a I can probably kill a couple hundred civilians just by like flailing around and I don't know they have multiple heroes that specialize in rescues 
you know? Right, but how, how the fuck are you going to rescue people that are just being fully flattened by, like, a gigantic monster? I think that's a situation where they say, you throw the big guns at it, you just kill it, all might endeavor, come beat this mm-hmm. dude up. Literally, at, at Gigantomachia's size right now, 30 to 40 people are dying when when they, like, beat him and he falls over. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. As we've pointed out, this hero society has a lot of problems, and... Yeah, I don't know how I would solve it. Yeah. Well, you gotta think, if I lived in a world with quirks, you can't plan for every contingency, but man who is enormous is probably one that I would like to have a file on, you know? What do we do do in that case? 3BH, one of my first options in that file should be get the girl with the anti-grav quirk. Yeah. You know, at least, you know... That's really what they should do. They should have a... They must have a directory of quirks. Oh, you are good at this, you're gonna do this if this happens. Like, yeah, because Ochako is the hard counter to Jigenomachia. Float him yeah. away. But Anyways. then that's that basically amounts to, um, what, an extrajudicial execution? You just float people into space? No yeah. trial? Here's another hero society thing. Uh, somebody with a crazy quirk have an obligation to protect the public? Like, you know, if you, if you said, you have this anti-gravity quirk, and... Um, you know, uh, you are you are our number one option in terms of public safety. If there's ever like a hyper massive villain or bad guy or whatever, it can they just forcibly deputize this person? Or are they allowed to be like, sorry, I'm not a hero. Like I, I don't. Do I don't. This. I mean, I don't. You would think the real answer is like someone with a quirk like that would be hit early on with like the duty, be a hero type situation. But I don't know. Can 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 the government of this world just compel its citizens to do? It doesn't seem like that kind of society. Like yeah, it's something. It's something that it would be interesting if they would cover a little more. And maybe we'll put the can on this because I do want to do this deep dive on maybe focusing on Boku because they do one of the better jobs with yeah. it of mm. of any media I've ever read of like this realistic as widely realistic as possible approach to hero society and how it functions taking that idea and maybe getting back to this chapter because i do want to discuss yeah, it one in a thing we conversation. we brushed over the very beginning of this chapter was, somebody's on a plane and they specifically make mention of the other top heroes hawks and endeavor so is that a, it must be a top hero it's got to be a top hero, but who is it? One, I don't know. One of Japan's top heroes? We were saying before seen? it would be a massive ass pull if somebody rolled up who was just strong enough to to bop Shigaraki. Like, but who could it be? I, 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 who's left that we know about? I mean, the... They say you're not fully healed yet, so it's somebody who was injured. But that could that could be anything. There, there were two things that I thought when I was racking my brain and then just kept pushing because I wanted to read the rest of the chapter. One is All Might. It wouldn't really make that much sense to say to All Might, you are not fully healed. Yeah, because he's, he's out. He's not yeah. ever coming back. Unless... I mean, he can. He, it seems like he has like 30 seconds of... Not um, even. It's basically reduced to a gag at this point. He yeah. can like for one second muscle up and then that's, that's it. Best genist. I think he's a Nomu. What about Lemillion? They got him back in the game. They off-screened it. They said, we figured out Ares Quirk. You're back, baby! I don't... It, it it does not seem likely... From the way that that, like... The the pilot was talking to him, 
it seemed like it would be somebody who has like respect as a established hero. I like Best Genus, but he's not powerful he's not enough a to sweep to, in and save the day type of Not dude, now, right? like But who else would be uh not fully healed yet type of person? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, like I I don't even know if I can think of any any powerful heroes who are not dead or in this battle. So I don't know. My money's on best genus. I I'm pretty confident that he's a Nomu at this point or dead. He's he's been missing for so long. It would be pretty crazy if they just brought him back. I, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, w- without any conclusive data, I think we'll just move on from that to uh this kind of nice interaction. I I really like the more human side of the League of Villains. I like seeing them be friends with each other. Yep, I, I had that exact note down there. Cool, uh, cool statement from Spinner. Our brand is not to tell people what to do, but come back. Yeah. Nice. You know, we're, we're, we're all free here, but yeah. make sure you come back. And I, I just love, uh, in the same way that I don't think I've ever read anything that treats Hero Society with, you know, as widely real as he does, it's not necessarily a separate issue. He... Horikoshi has done such a wonderful job with characterizing the villains, mm-hmm. and there's it's related in the course of this manga. But even if we just treat that issue individually, characterizing your bad guys, it's among the best characterization of bad guys I've ever seen. They're not only real people with real motivations, but it doesn't look like you just stuck a random group of people with cool badass character designs together, and their interactions with each other are pretty much like. <laughs> I'm the strongest. No, I'm the strongest. Whatever. We'll work together for now. It's like they all have their own, uh, you know, individual motivations. They have their their stuff going on. And they have arcs. Those motivations and interactions change over time. And it's it's cool here that Spinner's throwing that out because even though Spinner's a shithead... Yeah, he's, he's low-tier League of Villains. He was the POV that we had when we got all of that characterization for the League of Villains at the beginning of their training arc. So it was, it was just nice to me to see him throw that out there. And, and also, it, you know, broadly for the, the villains, uh, that stuff is cool. Specifically, Toga. Yeah, dude. Has a cool backstory, cool motivations, and this interaction was sweet. She's psycho. She is so psycho. But she, uh, you know, pins uh, Uraraka down and she's like, I, I want to ask you, you know, about this stuff, about the, the whole hero society dynamics that, that, that we've discussed all the time. What, you know, what's twice to you if, if, if you can just kill him? Aren't you supposed to save people? I liked Uraraka's response, which was, do you seriously just kill that old lady to yeah. ask me that question? <laughs> and and more importantly, I think she, her real answer is, I'm going to arrest you if you get him. Not I'm going to kill you. If you prevent me from rescuing people, which is what I'm here to do, I will arrest you. So that right there is a very different interpretation of, of the law and what a hero's role is. Uraraka is much more on the I'm here to save people type time, not mm-hmm. the I'm here to kill bad guys. Yeah. Listen, I might, I might be, I might be too radicalized, but I think you have to have a certain dose of. I'm gonna kill bad guys. Obviously, it's it's dangerous, but. Like, I in that fight. 
twice made like a gajillion copies of himself. Could have easily have killed anybody there with all those copies. And Dobby is throwing out fucking like mega incinerator level flames. There's no fighting to incapacitate there. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing. I'm just simply remarking upon Uraraka's response to Toga's mm-hmm. question. Because Uraraka represents one of the next generation, the people who are going to be shaping what the future is. Uh, and she's not, she's not on the, I would just kill twice. Although I agree, especially because he can make copies of other people. So just 12 Shigarakis are there now? That's not yeah. good. Well, and, and also there's a certain naivete to students, right? You know, you can say when you're a student, I'm, I'm out here to save people. And then your friend gets killed. On the other hand, just killing, quote, bad guys is the first step to fascism. Like, I know what law and order is. There's, there's like, hard, hard downsides to both of those, and some synthesis is needed. Um, It's it's just, it's interesting. Like you said, you know, you, you are clearly given this question from Toga, and without a direct answer, Uraraka kind of offered something else. If you don't get off me, I'm going to arrest you. Right. Not not even like I'm gonna arrest you. It's like I don't even I don't care about you right now. I'm here to rescue people. And mm. if you prevent me from doing that, okay, then I I will arrest you. I'm interested to see what Toga's response is to that. because uh, it seems like that is kind of the answer she was looking for. Like you you are still a human with value, even though you're a quote villain. I'm not just gonna auto kill you. Because that seems to be her big gripe is like, aren't we people too? Like, you killed twice. He was my friend. He, I, I saw good things in him, and you killed him. So what What the fuck is that? But she, at the end of the day, she is psycho. She drinks blood. So she might have to get worked. I don't know. Yeah, so there are two, two closing thoughts for me on this, this specific one. The first is the more theoretical thing. And this is something that goes in and on in real life like we were talking about mm. is that... Um, there's a very difficult quandary when you are the, quote, good guys, which is how to reconcile the fact that you're fighting against people that don't necessarily have to fight by the same rules as you. Right. So The thing that makes you a good guy is adhering to rules that can be exploited to hurt you by people who don't have those rules. But if you break the rules, you're not a hero anymore. You're just mm-hmm. another guy using violence. Yeah. And, you know, so I, 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 you know, this is not new ground for fiction in the slightest. There's a ton of stuff that that deals with this, but I like that it's being tr- treated with a good amount of nuance. Yeah. In you know what, at the end of the day, is a children's manga, um, or more juvenile. Two, getting back to the plot a little bit more. I was a little bit unsure what we were gonna get. Togo makes a weird face at the end. Will there actually be a even somewhat traditional fight between Uraraka and Toga? I don't see how there there couldn't be, right? Because if Uraraka says, I'm going to arrest you, Toga says, no, you're not. Well, now we're going to fight. There's no way around it. And Toga has been, ever since she got that power up where she used uh, the gravity power from Uraraka, this has been coming, I think. Like, like she seems to have a particular fascination with Uraraka and and Deku. Uh, so I. She I, also said that she likes Froppy. Was that ever established before? Well, or? I think that's just more. That's kind of on brand for her. She's like, I love kawaii things. 
because I'm like cute and crazy and and Froppy is kawaii, so that's great. But yeah, I don't think it beyond that. What is her deal with? I, I was trying to like figure out whether or not I empathize with this motif for Toga of I want to be like the people that I love. Do do you? Can you elaborate? Like, I don't know if I know what you're talking about. Toga says this constantly. Like, she's, you know, she, like, is talking about how cool she thinks Deku is. And then she's like, I want to be like him. And she starts asking people, like, don't you want to be like somebody when you love them? Yeah, that's, I don't know. My initial take on that would be it's it's kind of thematic where she's a shapeshifter. Right. So that's kind of the whole deal. She literally is becoming them. Uh, maybe some kind of lack of identity. I don't know. I, I don't know what I make of that, necessarily. Uh, it's just weird. I found myself asking, and I think my answer is no. I don't, like, it's not really a quality of love that... Well, I, emulating people that you respect is is certainly can be a kind of... Like, there's love. there's an overlap, certainly, in the in the... People in re- in the real life that I love and the people in real life that I respect, but one isn't really like a necessary or sufficient quality of the other. I you know there's tons of people that I love and I don't really want to be like them. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, Toga's crazy. Yeah. So no, <laughs> at the, at the no, end of the day, that might that might be it. <laughs> Um, How, Jigenomachia ate that poison a long time ago, so he should be going down soon, right? Yeah, unless they really beefed it. Yeah. They, they, they may have messed up the stoichiometry a little bit on... on it's on Momo, bro. You you put your best student on it, and she still she still chunked the, the chemistry. Yeah, they fucked up the decimal. She, <laughs> my, my, my girlfriend is a uh, student at a, uh, at a vet hospital. You know, she's studying to become a vet. And she was aghast at the amount of times when people were studying or, like, doing calculations for, um... Why am I blanking on the word? When, when you, like, put patients under... Oh, um, anesthesia. Yeah, doing doing calculations for that where they would, like, you know, fuck up a decimal place, which is the difference between the proper dose and, like, you're going to kill this thing, yeah. uh, you know... It's 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 one very tiny thing, but you know you you say the only difference between a, a cure and a poison is dosage. You know if you had whatever it is, sort of like painkiller opiate, and you said, okay, oh, I accidentally gave you two, ten times as much opiate as, as I wanted to give you. Like, Whoa, Nelly, and and similarly, if you, if you said. This this should be the perfect dose to take Gigantomachia down, and then, you know, oh shit, no, it's a tenth of the dose that was necessary. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like they were pretty sure it was gonna work. Then again, they are high school students, so maybe not. But regardless, I mean, it seems like it should happen soon, right? Something should happen. Yeah, I mean, plot wise, they made they made a significant deal out of the sacrifice that was necessary and the heroics that were necessary to get this thing in his mouth. 
Right. If that if that just goes unimportant for the rest of the thing. That's the only way, because I, I don't see how the heroes get out of this, but maybe Gigantamachia passes out, and whoever's on this plane is able to do something to help, and now, okay, we're, we've, we've narrowly escaped total defeat. Because otherwise, I don't well, know. Well, no, so, I think they have, between the heroes on the ground and the poison, the ability to pretty much neutralize Gigantamachia. Shiggy is already at pull-out mode, done like 100 percent you know he got the orders like go survive to fight another day i think whoever's on the plane is going to be the hero's counter to whatever dobby said last week like, oh yeah let's go burn hero society to the ground he's he's still out do it what is the name of the the bull with the bangs from the Revolutionary Army. Uh, Mr. Compress this week calls him long-haired guy, so I'm just going to say that. Long-haired guy it is, <laughs> yeah. He's he's doing something with Dobby, which, yeah, okay, great. Let's see it, Dobby. Do that something. Guy, that guy has the same, like, nearly the same face to a T as... Did you ever watch uh, Keep Your Hands Off Azoken? No. Okay, yeah, it's an anime about a girls' anime club in, in middle school. So it's significantly different subject matter than this. But every time I look at him, I'm like, ah, it's the girl from, from Keep Your Hands Off Azo again. Anything Masaki Yuasa makes is gold. Gotta watch it. Yeah, that's another one that's on the list. The list is always growing, though, unfortunately, and there's not enough time in the day. I have to do other things. Anything else we should cover on uh, Boku 288? I don't think so. I think, I'm, I think I'm pretty good on that. We can just zoom through the last two. <laughs> the problem children. Yep. I, nothing against Dr. Stone and solo leveling. It's just a precipitous drop in quality. Yeah, I well, also, I shit on them more here than I do when I'm getting ready to read them. Like, make no mistake, those first three are the first ones I'm reading, and then I read these two. But I think part of the trouble, as far as the podcast is concerned, not that there really is any trouble, because I still enjoy talking about them, is that what I like about them is significantly more lowbrow. Yeah. It's like, it's it's junk food, It you know? With Dr. Stone, it's like, the drawing is really pretty, and I don't care about the plot. The plot is just like a vehicle to give me the sort of, honestly, like a, like a little dopamine shot from when they, you know, get the new tech acquired. That's panels. what I like about it. I like, like to see the skill tree, the tech tree get completed. And, and as long as the plot can deliver that, Cool. Yeah. Um, it, there are certain things I like about it, and and like there's some wider questions, like wh- basically just the 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 widest questions possible, the the premise of the whole world. Yeah. Like, what's the why, man, and what went on there? Anything beyond that, don't really give a shit. Um, and then solo leveling, it's sort of the same thing. You know, it's like the the junk foodiness of it is just like. I just want to see this man chug dungeons and raise a new cooler, more yeah. pop and shade, and and level up. Same thing, level level ups. So. Yeah, well, at least this chapter of solo leveling—that's a good segue—was another one that cucked me because I was like, finally, we're gonna we're gonna get to it. But at least this one was a definitive statement from Sung Jim Woo. I'm not doing this thing in Japan. I'm trying to get answers about the system. Great, me too. Yeah, that, that's yeah. What I, I was thinking of you when I was reading. I'm like, all right, all right. Even though it's not it actually happening, it's him saying, right. I'm definitely going to do this. So, And it's like some kind of counter is counting down. He has one day to go. So to me, that's like, okay, 
soon. It's gonna happen. Um, this this chapter kicks off with a ton of the most boring shit, which yeah, is bureaucratic nonsense. Yeah, yeah no. Just talking about all the the politics of the hunter guilds in Japan. It'd be one thing if they said like, "Surprise! Japan was holding a S plus tier hunter," but it was just hunters who were already shittier than yeah. a hunter who Sung Jin Woo like fifty chapters ago was stronger than. Yeah. So, eh, they, and then we get Sung Jin Woo. Uh, now he has the peeping tom power because he he leveled up his shadow exchange where he can. Look through the eyes of his shadows. Does that mean he has attached shadows to everyone without their consent? His sister and his mom is one thing, but Hunter Cha, that seems like a violation. Yeah, she didn't ask to no. be protected. And she's an S-tier hunter. Yeah. Like, she doesn't need protection just going about her daily life. Yeah, I don't know. Seems pretty sketchy to me. Sung, Sung Jin Woo, uh... He looks at her in the bath. That's not cool, man. Well, he's embarrassed about it, though. He didn't mean to. Yeah. But, was, but it could have been the didn't mean to that was really like, you know, sh oh, how shameless. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Dude, Hunter Cha is thirst mode. She yeah. really is like following yeah. him. Like, why won't you fuck me, basically? Like, what's well, the deal? Also, he's become the most handsome man in the planet ever yeah. since he got these powers. He's like a foot taller. He has no skin blemishes. His, his chin's pointier. Yeah. Which is how you could tell he's very handsome. <laughs> Um, so, you know, and he's the most powerful hunter in the world. It's, yeah. It's, they, they really cranked the, we've made this comparison for, like, the Sword Art Online, you know, like, gamer, uh, actualization fantasy, uh, <laughs> up to 11 here, you know, because he's in the real world, and still getting, getting all the perks from yeah. being a pro gamer. <laughs> yeah, but basically Hunter Cha shows up and is like, why did you let this A-ranked girl in the guild, like... What's well, that's her internal monologue, but she doesn't ask that. Yeah. She's such a professional. She's capable gal, Cha. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, she she's back with the revelation of uh, Min Byung-soo. Uh, right, um, right. What the the, the S-rank healer. Yeah, what he said to her in, his, in her dream about uh, Sung Jin-woo's power, which is Sung Jin-woo's army is... The real nature of Sung Jin Woo's army is, and doesn't actually say yeah. it. Basically, just more of this power is evil. Be careful when you use it. Classic shit we already knew. But then we get what I actually care about is he has this key, which I didn't remember him getting, but it's for he got it for being level one hundred. Yeah. So and the key will activate in twenty seven hours. So he says, "I'm not doing this thing in Japan." I'm doing I'm doing this other thing. It's time to get answers, which is fantastic. I would love that. Yeah, it, it's it's basically go time. Um the the Carthenon Temple is the That's is, the double dungeon? Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. It's, Fuck it's yeah. Back, Finally. Back to the double dungeon. Let me see that creepy ass smiling statue. Let me see him get worked. He was so nice in chapter 1, but what now? That I'm level 101, what are you going to do about it? You think, you think Sun Jin Woo is working that guy? I don't know. I mean, he's had no challenges up to this point. There's no reason to think he'll be challenged now. Well, yeah, but you can obviously tell this guy is not... The, the stone statue is not your average baddie. I mean, that's where the system was bestowed upon. Yeah, that's true. Sun Jin Woo. So, and, and they gave... It's a system... 
related area. They gave him the key to get back to. But it. you got to think the the system seems to be a conscious actor. Why would it build up Sung Jin Woo to be this powerful? And unless it's just to kill him, that that seems pretty anticlimactic. I, I'm I, looking left and right here because I know what happens. Yeah, yeah, I know. But it's hype. It's hype. Again, we just like keep getting these like not a ton of stuff happening, but like we're inching closer to right. like really, really cool stuff happening. They really, they are really testing my patience, and maybe it's a testament to how much I'm actually invested because I'm like, okay, but only oh, you, you will get one more chapter where nothing happens, and then I'm gonna be really upset. You the- <laughs> write a strongly worded letter. <laughs> Um, so I know I'm calling Sung Jun Woo, uh, SJW. Any, <laughs> any objection? No, that's hilarious. <laughs> it's funny because he doesn't stand for anything. Like, have you ever met a protagonist who, who like, is, has less convictions? No, it's SJW? nothing. There's absolutely nothing. He cares about being strong and his mom sometimes. That's it. Hey, and he already cleared the mom yeah. thing. There's literally no repercussion. He said, here, here's the problem-solving potion. <laughs> oh, great, I'm so healthy now. All right, make sure you come over for dinner sometimes. <laughs> what the fuck? Does the mom come back at all in the light novel? No. No. Okay, great. It's, you know. I'm sort of hoping that a couple of things shake out a little bit differently in in the uh, manhwa version than, than the light novel, but... I don't want to get too far into that. A um, couple of notes to to finish up this chapter. One, bear watching TV is a funny ass yeah, gag. Yeah, hilarious. Uh, <laughs> I like these kind of character characterizations of the shades we're getting, like more human moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but this one and Tusk's moment from yeah. last chapter are both hilarious. Um, and then finally, uh, halfway through the chapter, at the end of the first half, where the Japanese bureaucracy are discussing things, they say they say two things. They say one. We could go hire Thomas Andre, the nation-level U.S. hunter. Is Have we met him? I don't think you have. I don't okay. think you have. Okay, and then um, there's Yuri, the, the barrier-type bull. Yuri Orlov, who now we get back to at the end of the chapter, this sort of fat, drunken guy who says, you know me, I'm Yuri Orlov. It's the sort of thing that people only say in manga and anime. Hey, it's me, Yuri Orlov. <laughs> the the, the number one support, support type hunter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, man. Yes, that's why we came to you. Uh, and he says, sure, I will keep the gate sealed for three and a half billion dollars a year. Ten or million ten million dollars. a day. Yeah. Which, that's a pretty good deal, I guess, if he's that confident that he can just do the barrier jutsu. And, bari, bari. Yeah. yeah. I mean, ten million is a lot, but how much it costs to rebuild a city block that gets destroyed by monsters seems all right to me. But you know, he's—they're setting him up to fail. Like he's—he's he's so. Oh, I'm so great. No, you're. Yeah. Generally, being being drunk is like is 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 not the best look when you when your character's introduced at least. Yeah, I mean I'm trying so the the like drunken drunken master is like definitely a, a, th- a trope. Thing. Yeah. But yeah, in general, fat drunk guy coming in, I do not does not inspire uh, I confidence. guess I guess in God of, in God of High School we just saw that guy come in drinking and Oh yeah, the pop weapon the man. Fuck off. That guy was rad. Uh Fujitora is is kind of a drunkard type but not really, not Mhm. Like he he's drinking when we see him at first, but it's, Zoro drinks quite a bit as well. But n- neither of them are like 
drunks, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this also you just it's not a plot thing, it's more of a character design thing. You look at Yuri Orlov and he's like fat, he's got gold rings, he's sipping yeah. from a goblet and you're like Yeah, you're you're a chump. You're you're cooked. You're yeah. cooked. I I I know Sungjimu is going to end up eventually going to Japan to clean this up, but I really just I don't care about let Japan deal with Japan. Let me see the double dungeon and that's it. Well, uh, are you okay with it if this this monstrosity level gate breaks over Japan and a, a lot of people die? Do I get answers to what the system is? It's what they deserve <laughs> for for uh, you know fucking over Korea that like 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 they did with yes, uh, Jeju glorious Island. Korea will finally rise over the enemy Japan. I I mean listen. It, it's not infrequent that <laughs> those sort of political thoughts go through my mind when I'm reading some of these things. <laughs> um, it, it, there's like there there's literally a plot point in <laughs> in uh, solo leveling that's like oh yeah the, those snake Japanese yeah. bastards like tried to pull a fast one on us. I'm like, oh, hello. Yeah, you sometimes forget there's a lot of animosity historically between Korea and Japan. It's not <laughs> not all good. It, it felt a lot more rosy in uh, God of High School, though. Yeah, definitely. But also that could be, you know, a political thing, too. Like, I'm simplifying things massively here. Japan was an aggressor nation, and if Japan makes the anime and says, you know, look, things are so great between <laughs> Japan and Korea, and Korea's like, fuck no, we want reparations, you know? <laughs> so if, if, if a bunch of white people in America made, like, a very rosy depiction of slavery, we would probably say, that's, that's not <laughs> the best. <laughs> Ooh, gulp! Okay, so, should we just do Dr. Stone? Do we have anything else from that? On soul leveling, no. I'm, no, I'm, no. Yep, let's uh, Dr. Stone it up. So Dr. Stone 170, pretty nothing chapter. Nothing burger. Stanley's going to chase us. You get some Ginro gags who, Ginro is cringe. Yeah, like. it, I, I literally have down a secret agent Matsukaze, great move. Yeah. He really is an honorable samurai son, and he's willing to defend his lord <laughs> until the death. On the other hand, Ginro is a shit stain, and... Referencing Vagabond again, he, I consider him the tiniest hair above Matahachi <laughs> in, in terms of <laughs> how much I want to lay a dr flying jump kick on, on this dude. <laughs> yeah, he gives up their location immediately. They it was they were going to hurt his boy, so okay, but come on, man. Have, have a little bit of battle sense. Yeah, ingenuity. Also, yeah. if you save the life of one of your boys to sacrifice eight of your boys just because you can't stand the sight of him getting decapitated in front of you, then you're clown mode. Yeah. The only kind of thing of interest in this chapter, they're they're going to South America where the weapon uh, was first fired or, or where it all started. And and Zeno is like, yes, uh, we will dis we'll share our scientific knowledge because science is elegant, which cool. For, yeah, and first he reveals that he knows about the voice on the, the Y-Man on the moon, yeah. 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 And that's good, like, because really, like, sure, Zeno is a, quote, enemy, but can we just skip to the part where we're all on the same team and doing science, like... Yeah, I had a note down to ask about 
I think we may have talked about this last week, but I still don't fucking understand it. If Stanley got to them, why isn't Zeno just saying, like, I kind of fuck with this kid. Like, don't kill everybody here. I don't know. I, I don't know. And, and... Or, like, they made a little bit of a reference in this chapter to, like, the people being prisoners. Like, hostages, basically. But I'm like, just kill them. You have the revival fluid. Stanley's gonna go get Zeno, or he won't. But either way, these people do not need to be alive. Like... In the slightest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't get it. Hopefully it'll just make sense or stop being a thing <laughs> sooner rather than later. Yeah. But, I, yeah, there, there, it, it, this chapter was literally that much of a nothing burger. Yeah. Of, uh, it'll be nice maybe if next week Senku and Zeno are giving us lore reveals in the form of their science discussion. Okay, but this chapter really yeah. was... And it's it's nice that um, on... The, the journey from Japan to America took less... They, they did, like, one, like, we're having cocktails aboard the Perseus chapter, yeah. but pretty much other than that, it was, it was like, oh, we left, and now we're here. That's, that's what I, I'm I like. There's not, there's not a whole transit thing going on. They're in a much smaller boat, though, than the Perseus now, so there might be some nautical-type trials to overcome. Yeah, no, that's, that's going to be <laughs> chop my nuts off a little <laughs> torture, uh, if so. Yeah, I, I mean... What can you say? It's Dr. Stone. It's the it's the least favored child. Yeah. It's so close. And and again, like I was saying before, you know, we we talk about the plot here uh on the weekly spate and there's parts of Dr. Stone that I enjoy a lot, mainly the art. Yeah. That doesn't get doesn't come across here. I'm not going to say every time I get on, even though sometimes I do say this, uh wow, the art is really fantastic and the story was a snoozer. Because, you know, I, there's only so many times I can say, wow, the art is really fantastic. Yeah. If you don't read Dr. Stone, you should read Dr. Stone. Cause, because the art is really that good. But there's, there's unless, you, I, you know, you want to go look at some pictures while you're listening to this, there's not much to say as I'm going about, like, yeah. this panel was particularly beautiful or that. It also might be, because when I started reading Dr. Stone, I had, like, 50 chapters to read. So maybe if you can just binge it, it moves faster it's the it's the the weekly nature of this where it makes it feel particularly slow and like kind of grating yeah i mean a certain amount of that is the case for every manga but the the effect is definitely heightened if the person the the author is not as good at at plot pacing yeah. as some people are some people being you know oda sensei yeah, yeah. Well, whatever. Maybe next week will be better. We'll have to wait and see. Do you have anything else? Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, we're being animated characters for Halloween, like like big nerds. I'm well, that is true. Although I I shit the bed and I did not order my 3D printed Shigaraki hand like I needed to for my face, and now it's it's out of stock. So I I, th I think you'll be fine without the face. If I just do silver spray paint in the hair and wear all black with the red kicks and I kind of talk like this, I'm really upset. Can, can about you induce day. chapped lips like on purpose? No, but I could probably do some makeup to make make him look chapped. But come on, you need the hands, dude. Like the hand is the whole thing. Otherwise, you're just like kind of a weird guy with greasy hair. Yeah. Maybe I'll maybe I'll call an audible. I, I don't know. We'll see. I'm being Jiro. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. I already have like 
uh, a wig. Uh, it's too long of a story to get into, but it's basically a Jira wig. And not that hard to put together her costume because it's basically just like a sort of somebody attending a rock concert. <laughs> Except uh, with uh, the earphones. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, um, basically, uh, oh, and the only other thing I was going to mention is that Graham, our other roommate, and I started watching an anime last night that I'll report back on when I finish. Gas. Gasaraki. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it as well. Super cool. It's on Crunchyroll. It's a mech anime that sort of involves. Nineties mech is a genre that I'm pretty into. So because like between Gundam and Evangelion, it's pretty cool. It seems like this one's shaking out to be mech mechs with powers, like the some sort of like religious psychic thing is going on where people can like interact with the space time continuum. And then those people are inside mechs, so sweet. Yeah, great. Cool. Love that. And then that. also there's some cool, um, like, political stuff that's going on now. Basically, it, it the first couple of episodes showcased a uh, sort of Middle Eastern stand country repelling a NATO U.S.-led invasion, which is, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool with me. So, um, I wonder if stuff like that would get made these days. Definitely not. Well... I don't know. I mean, we're a little, we're pretty far out from, you know, the Iraq war. Definitely not early 2000s, but maybe now. From the height of the Iraq war. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, I guess that's true. There's the, always the, truth It's there. still going on, <laughs> currently. Uh, okay. <gasps> All right, yeah, that's this, it? This has been the political episode. Yeah, I yeah. hope you guys enjoyed that. Yeah, but. if you, if you, listen, let us know if you do enjoy it, because I... I, I love talking about manga, but obviously I talk to Jake about other things, too. Or if you want us to be like, shut up and just get to the nerd stuff. Okay, fair call. But let us know. You got anything else? Nope, that's it. All right, so here's the deal, guys. Jake is going to be out of town next week, so there will be no release next week. But we will use that week off to formulate some of the grander, more interesting episodes that we have planned. So stay tuned for that. As always, check us out, theweeklyspate at gmail.com. Send us any messages that you have. We want to hear from you. And We're on Twitter and Instagram. That's right. All right. That's it. Catch you all later. Peace. Peace.